Hello there. Welcome to the Oblivious Maximus podcast for another week. I'm your host, Aaron Osborne. This week, my guest is a return guest. Fucking love doing these. It's fun. Come back, guys. Um, A return guest, uh, Will Wagner from Smith Street Band. Um, Will came around to talk about the process of recording and releasing stuff for their new record. More scared of you than you are of me. Out on their record label, Pool House Records. Um, they got some shows and stuff coming up. Go to smithstreetband.com to check all that out. Uh, if you're listening to this on Hysteria Radio, g'day. Um, go check out Hysteria Radio because they're playing some old pods and doing some premieres and playing some cool tracks and things like that. Um, and, uh, yeah, get on to that. Um, otherwise, I'm doing some pods, putting them up as I go. Go to our SoundCloud if you're listening to it on there. Stay on there. Uh, follow us on Twitter and Instagram and Facebook. Just search Oblivious Maximus for all the deets on uh, upcoming podcasts and things like that subscribe to us if you like on itunes and stuff give us a review if you feel like it that'd be mad um yeah that's about all i've got i'm going away for a couple weeks to america so these won't be happening as regularly but they'll still be happening so get around that um what else have i got listen to real deal colin from twitching tongues podcast listen to mental cavity my band listen to year of the rat listen to i exist um fucking be mates with one another enjoy this uh convo i had with will wagner it was real fun we talked about yeah recording and um you know our opinions on music industry based stuff and how you know the follow-up for will and the rest of the band has been since achieving a modicum of success and how they sort of relate to that now and keep writing music and stuff so it's pretty cool. I had a really good time. I uh, appreciated him coming around and having another chin wag. Um, anyway, enough of this. This is episode 64 of the Oblivious Maximus podcast with Will from Smith Street Band. Fucking brutal. Thanks for being back on the podcast again. Thank you for having me back. It's great to be here. Sick. All right. So let's try and retrace steps. Mm. The last time we talked, you were about to go overseas to record your Yeah, record. we were. Yeah. Give us the rundown. How was well, that? Um, yeah, it was How amazing. Um, yeah, we went to uh, the States and recorded in California. Um, yep. Recorded in a place called Stinson Beach, which is like a little town about an hour north of San Francisco on the coast um, in this fucking like castle on the side of a cliff, basically. This amazing, massive house with a big, beautiful Neve desk in there. And we lived there for like a month and tracked the record and then um, spent a couple of weeks in New Jersey working with John Aniello, who mixed it all. Mm -hmm. Um, And then we did a little tour around the States and then we started our own record label and then we came home and now it's now. (laughs) Just a couple of things. In a big few months, yeah. (laughs) 
Um, so what was it, what was like, how was the recording process for this different? Obviously you were overseas. <laughs> yeah, we were overseas. Um, well, yeah, with, with the record before this one, we basically tried to, uh, like rented a holiday house and built our own little studio in it. Um, yeah, and there was something awesome about, uh, like living where you're recording, you know, you get surrounded by, you're constantly working, you like, uh, you know, you wake up in the morning and you have a coffee and then you start work yeah. and you work until you pass out and you're constantly like surrounded by the music and you're constantly um, thinking about it. It just completely takes over. So we really wanted to do that again, but yeah. um, wanted to try and do it in a proper studio. Um, yeah, sure. And yeah, so Jeff, our producer, found this in the back of Tape Up magazine, found an ad for this studio. Wow. Um, and we went out there. But yeah, but so we spent a week and a bit, tracked everything live. Mm-hmm. Um, all live to tape in this beautiful tracking room with like families of deer walking past the window. <laughs> I was like, it was insane. Like my, uh, like a three-story house, this big sort of ramshackle old house. It looked like, you know, those houses that had a renovation in the 60s, one in the 80s and one 10 years ago and they're all just kind of like <laughs> the cobbled together. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, but my room was the top room of the house and from my window, because it's San Francisco, so it's really foggy. Yeah. Um, so I would wake up and I'd open my curtain and it would be this rolling fog down to the ocean and then like 10 deer just like scattered through the property. Like it was just like kind of hard to make music and not just like sit around and like get stoned and look at how beautiful everything was. You know? <laughs> look at all that um, fog. All yeah, these deers. Oh my God. Yeah, it was so good. It was fucking awesome. Um, yeah. But yeah, we uh, tracked everything live and then overdubbed a bunch of stuff and like changed sounds and mixed stuff in the studio and... Um, had like some strings and some horns and a choir on a song and some yeah, guests sick. and stuff like yeah we really tried to like you know be a bit more like adventurous and yeah. ambitious with this record you know like so did you think about that stuff while you were writing it or was that stuff did that stuff come in as part of the recording like um, did you plan any of that out i planned most of it to be honest like a lot of the things that we did on this record are things that i've always wanted to do but we yeah. haven't had time or money to sure do them you know um so like, yeah, there's a song with like a full choir thing on it, which is an idea I've had for years, but it's like, we've never had the time to like go and find a choir and I haven't really known how to write choir parts or anything. Yeah, yeah, so, sure. um, we're kind of, it's been, yeah, I feel like it's like, we've been working our way up to like making this record for a long time, you know? Yeah. yeah sick. Yeah. So is there like, I guess when you think about it then, do you think that, I mean, I know, okay, so it's not a great example, but I think a lot of... A lot of bands, uh, you know, find success as, you know, as you guys have over the last couple of years, it's sort of built to a certain level. Yeah. Do you, was it difficult for you thinking about this record where you were going to go overseas and you're going to do something bigger, bigger concept, obviously, was that hard in your mind to sort of rationalize how you were going to do that going off what you'd yeah. previously done, where you'd gotten success from? Um. Not really, to be honest. Like, a few people ask me sort of similar things like, yeah, do you feel pressure writing an yeah. album now you know more people can hear it? And, like, to me, it's like, no, this is what I've always fucking wanted. Yeah. You know? Like, it's Dude, exciting it's and it's like, uh, I relish that challenge, you know? And, and that's something that we would be... I mean, for us as a band anyway, like, as soon as this record's done, it's like, cool, this record's done. Now I've got to write a better record for the next one. Yeah. Like, we really always want to be constantly progressing and growing as, like, musicians and me as a writer and me as a lyricist and... Um, yeah, I think that all of that pressure is coming from me anyway, you know? Yeah. And, um, well, that's good. Yeah. Yeah. It, like, yeah, we're very, uh, we're ambitious people, you know, like, and, yeah, and not even in a success way, you know, like, 
Uh, I mean, it sounds like such, such bullshit, but I really do think that it's true that like, I'm not that worried about the success of the album because I'm super proud of it. And I still listen to it. I listen, I honestly listen to it every other day and I fucking love it. I really think we did yeah. a good job. And so to me, it is a complete success. That's awesome. Um, and m- m- maybe the rest of the band don't agree with that. But, uh, um, <laughs> well, yeah, if you I, like it, then, you know. Yeah, they like it. You know, yeah. I think everyone's into it. But like, it is, I, I, I have such a thin skin and I really never want to be trying to rely on any kind of success for like, I don't want to be judging my success by what people say about yeah. the music. Cause I feel like that's so fickle and like, I mean, fuck, I feel like there's a million things in the music industry that contribute to your success that aren't your music, you know, like absolutely timing and your hair yeah. and like all these <laughs> kind of things. And like, you know, so to me, I've really, really, really made a conscious effort like my whole life to never try and like, I never read reviews. I never, uh, I never read the comments on anything that we post. Yeah. You know? I just try and like, make shit that I believe in and shit that I hope is good. And, and, you know, I play it to my parents and my friends and they all say it's good. And then that's like completely good enough for me. Yeah. Great. Um, so I guess, I guess with that then as well, with the process, I guess the, the process for this records, I mean, from what you just said, sounds like quite a long process comparatively to, you know, maybe your previous experiences, but definitely, you know, uh, like it sounds like you immerse yourself quite heavily Mm. in the record. Mm. Um, do you think involving yourself more like that and really delving into it, particularly like with then spending time with the mixing and then evolving that into putting it out yourself, how do you think that has changed your outlook on releasing an album? Has it changed it? I don't know. Like, I think for me, I guess the reason I would ask that is, I guess the, the, the system of releasing records standard wise is as you're in a band, you write it, then you go record it then sort of the rest of the process ends up slowly removing from you. How has it been different for you being more involved with it? I mean, I understand all of these, all of the minutiae of the music (laughs) industry now that I didn't understand before, you know, Uh, there's all these little tiny fucking 1% decisions that you're going to make. Like what kind of plastic is going to wrap the record? Is it going to be a dust jacket or is it going to be shrink? Like all these kind of things that just like, Oh God, I have to worry about this now? Like fucking hell, you know? What have um, I signed up for? Yeah, I know, right? Yeah, oh my God, Poison City, come back. <laughs> um, but yeah, I mean, I definitely, I mean, I have a lot, uh, not that I didn't have respect for them, but I have a lot more respect for independent labels now. And I see the amount of, yeah, little things that you've got to do and emails you've got to send and phone calls you've got to make to the pressing plant in the Czech Republic at three in the morning and all these kind of things like <laughs> There's a lot that fucking goes into making a record. And I do really respect and admire that. Um, yeah. But I mean, fast, like a big part of starting the label was like, we honestly, it's something we've talked about for ages, but we decided two weeks into tracking that we were going to release this ourselves. Yeah. Which was a really bad time to make that decision. <laughs> like we should have either decided it six weeks before we went to America to make the record yeah. or like, um, or when you were done or something. Maybe. Yeah, like, yeah. Yeah. Like let's not try and start, a small business in the middle of doing a quite uh, time consuming thing. Um, But I think it was for us, it was uh, like, we had a real sense of pride and accomplishment in what we were making and in the album. And we wanted to fucking own it, you know, like we wanted full ownership of that. And we wanted to, um, I mean, not that like we've always had complete creative control. We've always owned our masters. We've all like, not like, you know, 
Poison City or some huge overlord. Yeah. And he's calling us every day, like yeah. bossing us around, you know? Like, you know where he works. You can go catch yeah, up. Yeah, 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 exactly. He's still one of my fucking, yeah, he's one of my best mates. You yeah. Know? Like, um, he probably heard the record before anyone else did anyway. Yeah. <laughs> you know, like it's, uh, it was never like we had a bad relationship with them or, or that they were trying to be controlling of us. It was just like, we're all very, we can fucking control freaks and we're yeah. we're a very DIY band. We have a very DIY spirit and it made perfect sense for us to be yeah. releasing our music ourselves. But I think, I think that's another thing too. I, I really, and I find like that's, that's going to have to be the way it, it works now that the fact that the matter is it's, you know, obviously aside from the financial side of things, it's very easy to put out your own music now. Like in, in the easy, sense yeah. that like, you know, obviously there's things you learn along the way and there are parts of it that are, you know, time consuming, but I would say it's not fucking rocket science getting your songs on Spotify or whatever. Fuck like, no. I mean, it is to me, but to a normal <laughs> person, it probably is. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, it's very easy. And that's, uh, that's something that I've been, yeah, I've been doing these songwriting classes, something I've really been encouraging people to do. Just like, if no one wants to release your stuff, go to www.soundcloud.com yeah, yeah. and release it yourself. You yeah, know? yeah. Like, um, you can get your music out there in so many different ways. And like, I mean, fuck, no one buys music. Yeah. You know, put it on Pirate Bay and that's going to court you, like, bring you as much success as, well, I think... as having it pressed by fucking Warner, you know? like Yeah. And I think the other thing too, like, and again, like, not that it's that much of a comparison, but like, you know, um, being in bands that have had records get put out and stuff, it's really exciting, obviously. It's fucking the coolest thing in the world still to this day is like, when you get a big thing, a big square thing that's oh. got you, it's like the sickest thing in the world. I don't and think like, I've ever not cried holding the first copy of one so of our records. Sick. It feels and like, like having a kid or something. Yeah. Like it's momentum. <laughs> but like I, the thing about it for me is just like, at the end of the day, I'm doing it. I mean, I'm doing it for me because it's what I want to do. Yeah. I'm doing it for, you know, if people like it, great. But at the end of the day, I don't actually care if people buy the record. I just no, want, if people it. like it, listen to it. That's yeah, all yeah, I care yeah. about. Come sing along at shows. That's yeah, what, yeah. That, that's the, the real thing that matters that I see that's yeah. physical and real and tangible. You know? And this like, is, I think I've had this, I'm, I'm sure I've talked about this on this before, but like, that's where I've never, and maybe I don't understand it because I'm never going to be rich or write pop songs. But like, whenever people start crying about or, you know, kicking up about like streaming and all that stuff, I'm just like, man... Do you not want people to hear your fucking music? Yeah, <laughs> like, yeah. Honestly, and I mean, like, I, I, I mean, I do get that coming from older bands who were around in a time where they could make money. And yeah. Now all of yeah. a sudden, that's gone. <laughs> like, I get that, but I mean, fuck, I've never been in a band and Pirate Bay hasn't existed. <laughs> Let's so I don't point. know what I'm missing. You yeah, know? I've, like, we've both only lived in the age of piracy. <laughs> yeah. So I mean, we could both be fucking sitting on piles of money in mansions right now if it wasn't for that but like hell i remember the first time we went to the uk and we played the day we landed we played a show in london and there was a bunch of people singing along yeah and i was like we haven't sold a single record to uk like you motherfuckers <laughs> stole it like but but hell then we we were we, the first show we played in london was sold out and there was 300 kids who knew every word to every song that's, yeah and, that's and at the first unreal. thing i said on stage was thank you pirate bay like thank you so much for making this possible you know like yeah yeah that's sick but, but so and so i guess throughout this process what's it what was like aside from you know obviously having control and making it your own thing is there do you have further goals with starting a record label or is it just going to be for the purpose of doing smith street band stuff no fuck we have yeah we have lots of goals for it it's um yeah, yeah i mean like 
you know, we had an amazing time on Poison City and there was uh, the community that label was able to generate is pretty special. And um, yeah, to me, this is a, to use a football analogy, this is life after football. You yeah. Know? Like you can, you can only do the amount of touring that we've done for a limited amount of time. You yeah. You can't yeah. fucking break your back doing a couple hundred shows a year mm. for your whole life, you know? And, um, as much as I don't, I don't see us winding down anytime soon. Like, uh, we sort of have a sort of a bit of money now and we have this thing. It's like, well, we, we should be doing something with this money. We should be trying to start something. And, um, yeah, pool house to me, if, if in 10 years, that is our, all four of our full-time job, you know? And we're like, I would love us to like, get an office and start, have a rehearsal room that bands can jam at and really try and like uh, build a community like Poison City has done and like so many independent record like, like Resist and all those yeah, kind yeah. of different labels, you know, like that's the best thing about being on an independent record label like that is like you sign and then it's like, great, here's a new friendship group. Here's yeah. like 15 bands who all have pretty similar morals to you, make kind of similar music yeah. and you probably get on well with all of them, you know, like, mm. so if we can uh, sort of become like a, you know, if we can start a community of other like-minded people and people like, you know, our friends who we think are criminally underrated, you know, if we can somehow use a bit of our success to lift their profiles and all those kind of things, which is all stuff that is very important to us anyway and stuff yeah. that we've always been doing. Um, but now we can kind of make it more official. And it means that, like, I go and see a band and halfway through the set, I'm like, oh, wait. We could maybe sign this band. <laughs> and I'll like Google them. Like Gives you another a, another element of enjoying it. Yeah, fuck yeah. yeah. It's, yeah it's really fun. And like uh, for me personally, like I really, I've started getting into producing a little bit and it's something that I really, really, I'm very passionate about. I love doing. I'd love to start working with songwriters and trying to help people write and produce stuff and make music and like, um, you know, still doing creative things, but in a way that's like not entirely focused on me and and. Yeah. and being more of like a background figure, helping people achieve great things rather than like, you know, I've had a lot of uh, luck and success in my life that has felt amazing, but it's all due to like 20 other people who've helped me get here. And yeah. I'd love to be that person for someone else. You know? Yeah, that's great. Well, I mean, I, I think, and I think that's, I mean, I think that's sort of a way that more people need to look at it too, is because I think at the end of the day, a lot of people spend a lot of time worrying about, um, you know, whether something's going to do well or how, how something's going to be perceived. But I would say like, like, you know, like you just said, like being, you know, I've met a lot of my friends through, well, every, basically everyone I know I've yeah. met through playing in a band and that's, Absolutely. it's a weird thing for the subculture that we're sort of a part of, but at the same time, like I would, I would never give that up. Like that's, and no. if I could do something to you know continue or change that and that's kind of why i do this honestly yeah, yeah. is like you know like i we didn't know one another but like yeah, yeah we exactly. now know yeah, one yeah, another exactly. you know yeah, yeah. and that's because you play in a band and because i started doing this yeah, and exactly. like yeah, you know yeah, and yeah. and that and i mean that's how i've become better friends with a lot of people Fuck and, yeah. and it's like I, I don't know that that and similarly with this like you know i hope that people listen to these things and they like them and stuff but at the end of the day like it's nice to sit and talk shit for an hour yeah <laughs> yeah yeah fuck you yeah. i completely understand yeah that. yeah but and i think that's that's something that maybe like we, we were talking before we were recording but about like you know music industry classes and things like that where they're one of those things where like i think sometimes as you were saying there's some gems within that but a lot of that 
you know, a lot of it can trivialize it yeah. or it can make yeah. it actually make it harder for people and and like the sort of passion can get taught out of you or something yeah in a way like and and i i i I don't know i just think it's one of those things where i think you know obviously like a thing to learn is you know make mistakes and do things wrong that way you get better at it absolutely you know like that's the only way to get better at anything yeah. yeah and like i would say like definitely you know i learned more about you know, to be as basic as possible. Like I'm, I learned more about playing guitar from playing shows than I ever did at a guitar lesson. Tell me about it, right? <laughs> like, I learned more about everything from playing shows yeah. than from doing anything else. Like, honestly, I learned how to communicate with people. I learned how to overcome my anxiety. I learned how to play music. I learned how to sing. I learned how to public speak. Yeah. <laughs> I learned how to fucking make people laugh. I learned, like you learn so many things from playing shows that you can't be taught. And I, I think that it's, it's like not insulting is the wrong word, but you, you can't try and teach these intangible things to people. Like, yeah. It's, and I think with most creative endeavors, that's probably true. Like, you know, guitar, you, you can, you can learn the scales, you can learn the parameters of guitar, but I think everyone should have three guitar lessons. So they know how to play. They know, yeah. they know what the notes mean. They know what the frets are. And yeah, they know yeah. what sounds good. And then they should never have a guitar lesson again. And you should just be, a mishmash of your own ideas and your influences and all these things. Like, yeah. And how many fucking, I mean, maybe it's different from, from, from like a more metal perspective, but like, I have no, I don't give a fuck about a guitar player's proficiency. No, absolutely. You know, I remember having this argument with this kid at my high school called Jack, who he was a bit of a, he was a bit of a moron, but he, um, <laughs> you're on blast I, Jack. <laughs> I, I don't, he could be great now. I don't know what happened to him. But he, um, he came in one day. It was very funny. And he said, we're all obsessed with Metallica. So it would have been like 15 or something. Yep. And he came in and said, you know, I'm a better guitar player than Kirk Hammett. And oh, I was like, mate. what are you talking about? And he was like, <laughs> well, I, I found the fastest he plays on any of his solos and I can play faster than that. And I was like, yeah, but like, you there's, there's a lot more Sandman, to bro. Like, yeah, yeah, fuck you, dude. <laughs> How many Go songs right the Black in- Album did you play on, man? Like, fuck. But like, this, that I remember that idea and even at the time being so blown away by how you could possibly think that like yeah it's nothing to do with how no. fast you can finger tap it's to do with what your bloody finger tapping you know? yeah, like, yeah yeah I think I think the other thing with that too is like like I had guitar lessons for a while or whatever and the time I had guitar lessons all it made me do was like hate playing guitar fuck yeah and fuck then yeah. I, I played drums in hardcore bands and stuff and I was like oh, I like playing guitar I'll, I'll do that again totally terrible at how i was doing it that time and then i've been playing guitar since like i've hardly played drums yeah, since yeah, that yeah, point yeah. and that's what like my passion came from like figuring it out myself like writing yeah, songs yeah, doing that stuff yeah. and like when i look back and it's like you know again like you said like it's good that i had a couple you know i did the things that taught me like this is where you put your fingers this, this is how you hold a pick, pick. yeah oh, yeah hey. <laughs> and, have the same guitar teacher maybe <laughs> yeah um but like it's good that that stuff got down but then at the same time it's like you know i i think it, you know the, the, the thing with music lessons i think like that in that sense are the people that i know that have benefited from that have been people that don't do i guess the stuff in this sort of realm where i like i feel at least like my interest and my love for what i'm doing is what fuels me to do it as opposed to trying like i'm not trying to play hard things on guitar i'm not like you know you know whatever i guess sometimes i try and challenge myself but it's not like 
I don't sit down and go like, I'm going to spend three months trying to figure out how to do this one thing for the purpose of a song. Like I just go, this sounds good. Awesome. Yeah, 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 exactly. That's it, (laughs) you know. And yeah, I think think a lot of the the fun can get taught out of music very quickly. Yeah, Yeah. I agree. So I guess if you're someone then now, like you're at a point, as, as you're saying, you're doing these like songwriting type course things. How do you, how do you translate that, the, your ideas and your passion into something that is, could potentially be relatively stale? I'm quite lucky that I've only had people who write good songs so far. <laughs> I, I do dread that every time. Like, cause I, yes, yeah, so I've been doing these things with, with the push where I have different, different people come in and sit with me for an, for an hour and a half or two hours and play some songs. We talk about it. And, um, yeah, every time someone starts playing their first song, it's like, please be <laughs> and luckily everyone has been great so far but um yeah i mean yeah, i uh but yeah there have been some people who have maybe like a lack of a bit of sort of spark and originality especially in lyrics and my advice to people in in that regard especially is just like i sort of say so what is this song about oh it's about this it's like so who who are you picturing when you say these songs and really try and like get to the crux of what the song is about and it's like well say that person's name or Throw in something specific and something that only you would think of or throw in a thought that something they said or something you said when you were talking to this person or like something that stands out that it might even be jarring on the first listen, but it gives this personality to the song, you know, and it stops it like it stops it sounding formulaic and it stops it sounding like all these things and it becomes, I don't know. I'm trying to think like, uh, like Jamie T, Bruce guy or Billy Bragg, Billy Bragg, great example. So he sings about the most specific shit, like being English in the 1980s, which is like, sure. I have no idea what he's talking about. <laughs> yeah. Um, but I find so much, me- and he's a very specific songwriter, but I find so much meaning and I relate to his music so much because he's talking about his specific situations. He's telling his stories and those stories conjure up emotions in me and they conjure up emotions in all listeners. And like, I think that that's a hugely important thing to songwriting. Like, especially for me, if I sit down and tried to write a universal love song that everyone can listen to and everyone can relate to. Mm. I'd write the most boring, fucking flaccid, stale song. You know? <laughs> um, but if I sit down and write something specifically about one argument I had with my ex-girlfriend, mm. that's really specific. And you know, it says the street we're having the argument on and the house that we went back to and all this kind of stuff. Chances are everyone's had an argument with their partner and they can kind of re- relate to that. They can remember that. And, then the sort of specific thing that I'm telling does become universal because yeah, I mean, well, you, I'm not you, the only person you, that's ever been dumped, you know? Like, no. Yeah. And you, you also impress yourself upon the thing that you're, <clears throat> that you're listening to. And it becomes like, when you listen to music, it becomes a part of how you understand it. Yeah, absolutely. You get to a certain point where you're not listening to someone else. And that, I think that's the, the thing about creating music for yourself, not creating music exactly. for other people. Yeah. Yeah. yeah is you create it for yourself and you find your passion and your involvement with it. Yeah. And then if people connect to it, they find their own relationship exactly. with it as well. Which is beautiful. And, yeah. And, so, and, and also so much more meaningful for the listener than yeah. having something spelled out to them that they understand the first time they hear it and listen to the song five times and never need to hear it again. Yeah. But like if you are trying to tell stories and trying to sort of tell your own specific life story, especially... Um, people can find their own meaning, their own truth, their own experience and their own things to relate to within that. And it's more interesting. Yeah. And you mean it more as well. So you're going to do a, this is something I've been saying to the people I've been teaching as well. Like 
even if something's clunky, if it doesn't rhyme, if it's maybe embarrassing, if it's not perfect, but you mean it, you are going to do a better job yeah. of singing that every time you sing it, of spitting that line in a way that like, even if it's not perfect, there's this whole other thing about it that is perfect. There's meaning, there's passion, there's whatever, anger, sadness, empathy, all of those things. And if you are portraying genuine emotions, then when you play, you will also portray those genuine emotions and yeah. people will feel that rather than feeling, you know, like listening to a Black Eyed Peas song that's just like manufactured. Sure. And like, I've got a feeling it's not going to be a good one. <laughs> it's like, yeah, cool. That's a fun song or whatever. But like everyone, you know, that there's nothing, uh, there's nothing think- to like write home about about that. No, I don't there's think... nothing it- that hits... Like, no one's going to get a tattoo of that song, you know? Like, <laughs> well, maybe they do. <laughs> I mean, like, honestly, probably a shitload of people have a tattoo of that song. Also, I love that song. That was a bad example. <laughs> I've got a tattoo of that song. Um, <laughs> I wrote that song. I don't know what I'm talking about. <laughs> No, yeah, I get like I think I think that's the thing too, and I think that's why, like I guess alternate. I mean, it, and you know, I use it a lot, but I guess the it's the only way I can describe, but the the huge gap between like what is popular music or manufactured and what is I feel more honest is saying alternative music. I yeah, suppose. I get you. Yeah, and I I think the thing with that and like I guess the draw for me, and I don't know if the same with you, but the draw for me was always. You know, when I got into it, I started with the stuff that was the manufactured version of alternative music. Yeah, like of Things like new metal and things like that. Yeah, absolutely. And then as you go along, you find yourself getting deeper into it and you're finding yeah. more and, and, you know, finding things you actually like and you actually enjoy. And then, like, you know, and I think a thing that, like, is often hard for me to describe particularly is, like, say, like, liking something like death metal, which is, like very bizarre to like as in like an adult to go this is a thing that i really enjoy and it it looks so dumb (laughs) but for for some reason for me that's like the thing that clicks and that's the thing that makes sense and it's i feel the same way about gangster rap yeah well that's great i love rap music i love rap music but like I can't relate to it (laughs) and like like i'm a feminist and every other word in all these songs i like are like words that i would never fucking say and all this stuff but like yeah there's there's something amazingly powerful and it's the same with death metal all these kind of extreme genres of music where it's like yeah i'm sure you're not out like burning churches and killing people but but fucking love listening to people sing about it you (laughs) know i love fucking burzum or whoever the fuck like it's good stuff you know but yeah i I think and i i think that's the thing too that maybe more people need to find themselves in is is being building a bit of confidence maybe in what you you have interest in and that that's sort of like an mm. angle that i've taken with music that i've been writing more recently and stuff like that is that like i don't care anymore about you know can you know i've never really cared about conforming to a trend or whatever but i feel like <clears throat> i need to be like actively trying to not do it now sure. for, for my own sanity because sure. i feel like i mean over the last i guess 15 years or so of playing this sort of stuff you've i've seen so many friends and bands and people and probably not real actual friends but like people that i know (laughs) move within the frame of trends and move you see that so much (laughs) yeah some bands that have been they they started out as ska bands and they were (laughs) pop punk (laughs) and they're indie rock and now they sound like you know now they're the same like against me kind of thing (laughs) (laughs) And and I mean, and that, you know, for some people, that's honestly probably 
just growing up and just progression and things yeah, like sure. that. But then, I mean, the other part of it too, to me, is just like, <clears throat> I feel like you, it, it's really important and for the longevity of you being interested in something and doing it is to be like honest about <clears throat> how you're Absolutely. approaching it. Absolutely. You know? Especially with writing music and playing music, like, hey, you should never be trying. I think that's a hugely important thing for us and a big blessing for for Smith Street is that we've never been cool. <clears throat> yeah. Like we've never been playing a cool type of music. Like when we first started, we were trying to get played on Triple J and trying to get people to come to our shows. It was constantly like, we're not going to play this. Mm. Like this doesn't sound like anything else on the radio station. Like, and it's because I was trying to write fucking Defiance Ohio songs because God damn it. I loved that band. You yeah. Know? Yeah. And I loved Ghost Mice and I loved AJJ and I, you know, like, <clears throat> I, and I was trying to write, tell my story and, you know, really influenced by folk music and all this kind of thing. But we've never been, I mean, God, look at me. We're not trendy dudes, you know, <laughs> like we've never been cool people. We've never been like a hype band. We've never had that sort of overnight success where you just suddenly become cool because you're the right band at the right time. It's been like, no, we've just kept making music that we believed in and plugged away. And it's actually worked for us. But I think it's worked for us in a way that like, Hopefully in 10 years, we'll still be doing stuff, you know? Yeah. And it won't be like we do one tour where we get to play big venues and then the next year someone else is playing those venues and we've been forgotten. Like I really, I, I mean, I could be completely wrong as well, which would be <laughs> awful, but <laughs> I really hope that we've like by kind of, yeah, trying to make music that we like and trying to stick to our guns and yeah, not trying to buy into trends. Like maybe we haven't had some of the short-term successes we could have had, but hopefully over a longer time, you build like a more loyal fan base because yeah. you're not trying to like, you know, you're not trying to get with the trends. And also like, fuck, think of fucking Springsteen, Leonard Cohen, all these, not that I'm in any way comparing myself to those <laughs> two. Me, Springsteen, Leonard Cohen, you know, the greats. Um, but like, so there's that period in the 80s where both Springsteen and Leonard Cohen were still writing excellent songs. But God, they sounded horrible, you know? And yeah. like, it, they're trying to adhere to these trends and trying like, oh, it's the 80s. Let's use some drum. Like they probably won't say, oh, it's the 80s. They'll probably say, oh, it's, it's, <laughs> it's, it's <now>. today. It's <laughs> <current>. <laughs> like there were, and there were, it became synthy and there was drum machines and everything. And like, and both those eras are now looked back as like, oh, there's that blight in the Springsteen catalog. Yeah. There's a bright, blight in the Leonard Cohen catalog. Um, whereas before, neither of those bands were making music that was cool, but like, they were making music that was them and was honest and they had that weird thing and then they went back to making music that wasn't cool but was them and was honest and they're fucking Leonard Cohen and Springsteen, you know? Like yeah. They had, like, oh, Leonard Cohen passed away but, and Springsteen is, what, 70 and still writing great songs, still coming out with just as much material as he ever did, still touring his ass off. Playing three hour sets. Still incredible, like, so much fitter than I could ever hope to fucking be. <laughs> like, but yeah, like, if, and the only blight on his career is the time that they, like, that tried to Get do something yeah yeah um <clears throat> so i guess with that in mind then like how you know now that you've done this the most recent record and it's coming out soon and things like that what what's the the plan then for you guys like obviously you said before it's just continue to keep writing and things like that yeah is that where you see yourself just going with mystery band ongoing is it just keeping to create and building on what you've done before yeah, I guess so. I mean, shit, I'm not really thinking about that now. I'm trying to get this record out. Yeah, I'm yeah. Trying, yeah I'm, uh, but um, I mean, for me, if I, 
And again, in no way comparing myself to them because they're infinitely better than us. But like, look at UMI, look at Tim Rogers. Like, they are, so I'm, I'm friends with Tim and uh, we joke about it because they started around, their first album came out around the time I was born. Yeah. <laughs> and if I could still be, I'm sure they've had peaks and valleys and they've been up and down, mm. but they've always been UMI. Yeah. And if we, I could, or like something for Kate or, I mean, Midnight Oil, like, I, and again, I mean, in no way saying that I'm anywhere near yeah, as, yeah, as talented as these people, but the idea of having a long, steady career where you're just making stuff and some albums are better than others and some tours are better than others, but like they're constantly, you know, there's a new UMI record every couple of years. There's a new something for Kate Rick or Paul Dempsey's doing something like yeah. the idea of just continuously creating <clears throat> stuff and the that what you create changes and you grow and you know, you have kids and that changes everything. And there's all these different, you know, uh, stages of life where you change. But like, if I can just sort of constant, if I can just be this forever, like in, in different stages and maybe and I'm sure I'll have to fucking go back to uni and get a job or something sometime soon. <laughs> like all those things. But if I can always be someone that is writing and making music and Smith Street can be a band that's always doing that. Like that's more important to me than any kind of success. Like I would love to be, I would love to be Tim Rogers meeting me and in, in 20 years or whatever and being like, you were born the year, the week that our first album came <laughs> yeah, out. Yeah, yeah. And now here we are playing a show together all these years later. Like, how yeah, crazy is that? You know, there's something so uh, beautiful about that. And and uh, and it's I know it, I mean yeah, like it's a very lofty ambition to have a lifelong career in the music industry. But no, but I mean <clears> I think <throat> I think the other thing too is like when you meet people like that who have had those peaks and troughs, and they also have had they have had the benefit of seeing success, and then you know, I don't, I don't want to say turmoil, but a lot of people have, Yeah, of course. is that, you know, it helps you understand that, you know, not everyone is destined to make fucking tons of money. Not everyone's no, destined no. to have hit records or whatever. Like, I mean, so a similar example for me, I exist, played, you know, we played with my favorite band. We toured with my favorite band and Who? that I had God. Like my favorite band, (laughs) (laughs) but like we played these shows with them and they legitimately started their band the year I was born, you know, same thing as you. And like, I, you know, they could be my parents. And at the same time, like they've had a ton of shit go wrong in their life. You know, like fucking people have died. People, you know, all these, the peaks and troughs troughs that happen in your life, regardless. But at the same time, Still, 20-something years later, they're playing shows in Australia with my dumb band. And I'm thinking, like, this is the best day of my fucking life. Fuck yeah. Like, yeah. Imagine having that legacy. Like, yeah. Imagine that. Well, and, and I think that's the other thing, too, about not conforming or not, not conforming, but not, like, doing your own thing, at least. And I was talking about this the other day with a friend, how, like, I think an important, an important thing for me, particularly with writing records and stuff, is I don't want to write a record that... If it sells well, great, whatever. But if in two years time, that record is still like, oh, there's cool songs on that record. And then five years time, it's like, oh, there's still cool songs. Like, How amazing is that? That's yeah. great. Yeah. That's what I want. Yeah, exactly. I don't want like one thing going off right now. I want no. five years later to be like, you remember that fucking song? That's a great song. Still you good. Know? Like, yeah. and, that, and that stuff is so much more important, so much more meaningful, so much more uh, life affirming. Yeah. Than having a fucking hit single. Yeah. 
and then, and guy, and then coming down the other side and having to go back to work two years after being on fucking top of the pops. You know, like imagine that. <laughs> yeah. I would much rather never be on top of the pops, no, but you know, bummer. only work part time at bars forever, kind of thing. <laughs> like that would be fucking awesome. Yeah, and I think that that's something. I mean, that's something that <clears throat> the fact that I can even think like that now is sort of an honor in a weird way. Like the fact that there is a chance that I. I might not really have to work ever again. If I like, and again, I'm in no way trying to big myself up, but if I like continue fucking working really hard at music, continue trying to do all the things I do, like I could actually make life out of this, which when yeah. I first started, my, my goal was to like headline the tote, Yeah, you know, like that was honestly all, all I ever wanted. And, and the fact that now it's like, it's a, it's a completely tiny minuscule chance, but the fact that like, I haven't worked for four years mm. and my, my job before this, I went through garbage for a living. It was, <laughs> I worked for a, re, a recycling company and I would go to the basements of the basements of the basements of skyscrapers and literally open up the skip and open up every bag of trash <laughs> and analyze how well the companies were recycling and then be like, Hey, huge law firm in the city. You're not recycling well. And they're like, well, go fuck yourself. <laughs> So you went three months to go through our garbage again. Yeah. And I, I like, I found a fucking CEO's bank statement that was like for millions and millions of dollars in this fucking guy's bank account. Well, I was like eight hours into a shift sorting through fucking Roman articles. But I haven't done that for years. And yeah. that is a huge fucking success for me. That Absolutely. I don't have to do. Like that is amazing. And the fact that there is a chance now that I could just keep And if not songwriting, like, uh, uh, I've been approached by a publishing agent about maybe writing a book. Yeah. I have this big idea for a TV show that I want to pitch to someone. Like the amount of doors that have been opened for me by doing this and by making music and by working hard at it is, is beyond my wildest dreams. You mm. know? And I don't know why I'm talking about this, but it's fucking cool. You know? <laughs> no, but that, but it's, it's, yeah, it's, it's very, very special. And to look at, yeah, to look at bands like I hate God for you and you am I for me, like, that is the ultimate to me. Like yeah. to be able to still be passionate, still be great. Mm. Like that was the other thing. Watching UMI, they've been a band the whole time I'm alive and they kick ass. Like they're yeah. still so, and I'm sure I had God for this. We're the same for Dude, you. Like, yeah. And imagine that. Well, imagine like, doing something for 25 years yeah. that you love and still being good at it. Yeah. Like, that is incredible. Well, and, that, and I think that if anything, particularly like meeting those people and talking with them a bit about it. And it's, like you said, like becoming you know, friendly with them, which is something I would never would have dreamed of, but no. it's, it's a cool thing. But then the fact that like, there's quite a few things that we're on the same page with in the sense that like, even though that, you know, in the time that they have played music has been my entire life. <laughs> like yeah. Yeah. they, you know, have had these certain things happen and these other things happen, but then we still have a similar outlook on aspects of things and they share the same idea about, you know, which is probably what's really informed me. But the fact that like, they have been one of those things that's been like a catalyst for like, if you just fucking stick to it, you can keep doing it. Yeah. Maybe there's, yeah. maybe there's like, you know, again, like we said. There's good years and bad years. Yeah. But, yeah. But if you stick to it and it's, and you enjoy it, then it's fucking, yeah. that can be your thing. Yeah, exactly. You and know? if you're making shit that you're proud of, you're always going to enjoy making it. You're yeah. always going to enjoy playing it. Yeah. You're always going to enjoy seeing people react to it. Like, yeah, yeah exactly. Um, all right. Well, towards the end of this thing, what mm. what's your uh, what's the movements with Smith Street now? You're obviously touring for you. Yeah, yeah. Um, we'll probably be on tour from May until 
question mark yeah. <laughs> feasibly forever um, as, as long as it works yeah we have like about a year of stuff kind of in the pipeline um yeah. we're doing a lot of festivals in australia which is pretty cool something that uh yeah we don't have a big booking agent so <laughs> there's not really much of an emphasis to put us on festivals but yeah, we're actually sure. getting all the things we've been going for and um yeah we're gonna keep on doing we're gonna go to the uk go to america um but uh i have a lot of um creative ideas that i want to try and pursue i really want to make an album with joelistics yeah um i have this yeah, i have this tv show that i want to pitch to the abc um, uh i can't i can't tell you it's like, no that's fine uh, yeah i mean go on <laughs> as in go on and do it um uh yeah uh we're gonna we're gonna do a bunch of stuff but um we're also gonna start yeah we're gonna start signing people to pool house and um yeah i'm gonna i'm hopefully gonna i'm teeing up a producing gig with a band that i really like and um yeah, we have lots of exciting things that are coming. Lots of like fun, creative, exciting things coming up this year. And yeah, sick. Forever, yeah. So when's the record come out? Uh, April 7. Poolhouserecords.com.au, baby. There you go. Can you tell I've been doing a bit of press lately? <laughs> um, yeah, Got that April, memorized. <laughs> uh, April 7. But yeah, it's on vinyl, CD, Pirate Bay, everywhere. <laughs> so hit Pirate Bay. Yeah, that, so hit up PirateBay.com for the new Smith Street record. <laughs> that quick fix. Yeah, sick. Well, thank you very much for doing this again. Pleasure. Thanks for having me again. Awesome. Cheers, dude. Cool.